Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Deep within every Christian, there's a desire to be free from any kind of captivity of the enemy, Satan. If you agree with that, then you will want to stay with us right here for the next half hour as we discuss the return of the captivity under the priestly leadership of Ezra. This is Matt Miller and Bob Dankers join me for this inspiring and enlightening program from the Life Study of Ezra. Bob, thanks for joining me. It's a pleasure to be with you again, Matt. Actually, the books of Ezra and Nehemiah in the Old Testament, we call these books the recovery books because according to the history that is presented in the Old Testament before Ezra, the end of the books of Chronicles, God's people Israel had been carried away from the land of Israel into the land of Babylon. So they were there in their captivity. And then at a certain time, God came in to bring a remnant, a small number, not all of them, but a small number, back to the land of Israel, the good land that he had given to their forefathers. So this we call the recovery, and these books we call recovery books. Bob, this is only the third program we've done on these recovery books, and uh, we're going to see today something about this man, Ezra, that's really going to be enlightening, inspiring. I know it has been for me. Let's talk a little bit about chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. That'll talk about the first return in today's program. There's two returns from Babylon, and the first return was with Zerubbabel. The second return we're going to talk about later in the program is with Ezra. Let me read the verses, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, the king of Persia, so that the word of Jehovah by the mouth of Jeremiah might be accomplished, Jehovah stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, the king of Persia, and he made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, the king of Persia, All the kingdoms of the earth has Jehovah the God of heaven given to me, and he has charged me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever there is among you, of all his people, may his God be with him, and let him go up to Jerusalem, which is in Judah, and let him build the house of Jehovah the God of Israel. He is God who is in Jerusalem, and everyone who is left in whatever place he sojourns, let the men of his place support him with silver and with gold and with goods and with cattle, besides the free will offering for the house of God, which is in Jerusalem. Bob, do you want to make any more comments before we go to Witness Lee for this program? Well, these are wonderful verses that you read, Matt, and they really show us how God is working behind the scenes even to rule over the kings of the Gentile nations in order to carry out his word. Before the people of Israel had gone into captivity, God spoke through Jeremiah the prophet and told them that their captivity would last only 70 years. This was a very 
wonderful and comforting word spoken by God through Jeremiah. Then we know the Babylonians came under Nebuchadnezzar and the city of Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed and the people were carried away. How could God fulfill his word when the people were so far away from the good land in the captivity and the strong nation of Babylon? It seems impossible, right? But God is a God who can carry out everything that he speaks. He is capable. So at the right time, God raised up the Persian Empire to overthrow the Babylonian Empire just before the 70 years were over. Amazing. Amazing. And the first king of this Persian Empire was Cyrus. And Cyrus was a very particular king. And it says here in Ezra that God came in and stirred up Cyrus's spirit. And he gave him a charge He told Cyrus, you must build my house in Jerusalem. And so we see in the beginning of the book of Ezra, Cyrus issues a decree and puts it in writing, telling the people, it is God, the God of heaven, the real and true God, who had charged him to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. This is an amazing thing. And this is God coming in through a Gentile king to fulfill his word. I'm really looking forward to this program, Bob. Why don't we go to it now with Witness Lee? For God to fulfill his promise, which he spoke through Jeremiah, that the captivity would last only for 70 years. He accomplished two returns. The first one is recorded in the Ezra 1, 2, 6. From chapter 7, you have the second one. Two returns. The first one was under the leadership of a royal descendant, Zerubbabel, a grand-grandson of David. And the second return is under leadership of a priest, Ezra. It's very meaningful. The first return didn't need Ezra's leading. And actually, Ezra, as a priest, did not have the capacity to fill up the uh, post of the leader in the first return. It had to be a royal descendant. Who knows how to govern, how to rule, So, Jeroboam was there. He governed quite well, and he took the lead in building up the altar and the temple very well. After building of the uh, altar and temple, the need is shifted from the royal family to a descendant of the high priest Aaron. And here, the Bible says securely, Ezra was not only a priest, but also a scribe, very skilled in the law of God. He was skilled in the law of Moses. So there was such a capacity with him to meet the need. 
Bob, let's stop right here and take a few minutes to talk about the difference between the leadership of Zerubbabel as a king, the governor, and the leadership under Ezra as a priest. Yes, this is very interesting, Matt. Actually, what God accomplished through Zerubbabel, the governor, was the rebuilding of the altar and the physical temple in Jerusalem. And this was necessary. Of course, Zerubbabel also brought a significant group of people from Babylon to Jerusalem. So here we have the people have returned to the good land, and they had, under Zerubbabel's leadership, they rebuilt the destroyed temple. That was a great thing. And the altar. But this was not a complete recovery, not the complete recovery that God wanted. Actually, even though the people had built up God's dwelling place, the temple in the good land, at that time, the people themselves had not been restored to God himself. Most of them had been born in Babylon, raised in Babylon. They were Babylonian in their thinking and in their way of living, and they were recovered back to the territory of Israel, and yet they had not been recovered back to God himself, to be a people, a peculiar and precious people to God, who were living on the earth as a testimony of God himself. They were still Babylonian in their constitution. So at this point, the need shifted from a descendant of the royal family, Zerubbabel, to a descendant of the tribe of Aaron. That was Ezra, who was a priest. We all know that the function of the priests was to bring people back to God, right? If the people had any problem, the priest would offer the sacrifices to take care of their sins and their failures so that they could be restored to God. Also, some of the priests were scribes. They were skilled in God's Word, and they were the ones who spoke the Word of God and taught the Word of God to God's people to bring them back to God through His Word so that God's Word would become the very element or constitution of their being, so that they would be a people who lived on the earth according to the Word of God. This is a great thing, to have a people living on the earth according to the Word of God. Such a people is God's testimony, God's expression. And this is really uh, the recovery that God needed and God wanted to carry out. So for this, he needed someone more than Zerubbabel. He needed Ezra, a priest and a scribe who was skilled in the Word of God, who had the capacity to teach the people God's Word and to bring them back to God through His Word and to re-educate them and reconstitute them with the Word of God so that they would be a heavenly, holy people living on the earth as God's expression. Bob, I'm going to read a footnote from the recovery version in the Old Testament. It's a footnote from Ezra 7, verse 5, and I'm just going to read a portion of it. It's, it's related to Ezra. It says, After the rebuilding of the temple under the leadership of Zerubbabel, the people were still unruly, for they had become Babylonian in their constitution. Therefore, there was the need for an Ezra, one who was both a priest who served God and also a scribe, a scholar, who was skilled in the word of God skilled in the law of Moses. Ezra bore the totality of the heavenly and divine constitution and culture. He brought the people back to the word of God that they might be re-educated and reconstituted with the heavenly truths in the divine word. 
Marvelous. It also says to see Note 1 1 and Nehemiah 8, but we won't go there right now. It's a very encouraging picture to see the function of Ezra, and I hope this radio program could function in a similar way to re educate right. and reconstitute God's people. That's right, Matt. Nothing can constitute us to be God's testimony except God's Word. Well, Bob, I want to read a few verses now from Ezra chapter 7 about the second return from captivity under Ezra. Now, after these things, in the reign of Artaxerxes, the king of Persia, Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a scribe, skilled in the law of Moses, which Jehovah the God of Israel had given, and the king granted him all his request, according to the hand of Jehovah his God upon him. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was in the seventh year of the king. He came to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. For Ezra had set his heart to seek the law of Jehovah and to do it and to teach his statutes and ordinances in Israel. Let's go on to Witness Lee. You have to see, God was hiding himself all the time. Even today, he hides himself. You read Ezra, chapter 1, it says, When the time of the expiration of the 70 years, Jehovah came in to stir up the spirit of Cyrus. That was the start of the first return. Then the second return, initiated by God in a hidden way. You read chapter 7. It says, a man by the name Ezra. He came to see the king, put out his request. That way, the king agreed. My, you read it. The king gave everything to Ezra and made Ezra so high to such extent. Now, in this portion, there is very sweet Klaus, the hand of Jehovah was upon me. Sometimes it says, the good hand of Jehovah, my God, upon me. By the way, let me tell you, in these recovery books, you know, Nehemiah, Ezra, they are books of the recovery, right? Of people returning to their father's land. Very strange. The word spear of God is not used. But instead in Ezra, it is the hand of God. I believe at least more than five times. Because Ezra said, God's good hand is upon me. I don't need to ask the king to send men to protect us call us back to Jerusalem. We just trust in the good hand of our God. Amen. Could you tell me what is different between the good hand of God and the Spirit of God? When God's Spirit is working inwardly, that is the Spirit. When God's spirit is working outwardly, and this is God's hand. Now, God was hiding himself in Esther 
but not hiding here in Ezra. In Ezra, God's good help was very manifest. Well, Bob, let's stop here, but not spend a lot of time. Witness Lee said that this matter of the hand of God was used at least five times. Well, I counted it was six times in Ezra and another two times in Nehemiah. Why don't you say a little more about this? Yes, uh, very interesting what uh, Witness Lee pointed out here. In these two books, we do not have any direct reference to the Spirit of God. It doesn't mean that God's Spirit was not operating. Surely, if he stirred up the Spirit of Cyrus and the Spirit of the Israelites who returned, that must have been God's Spirit working inwardly, working within people. But here, in this phrase, the hand of Jehovah, we can see another aspect of the working of the Spirit of God. This is the Spirit's working in the environment outwardly to carry out things in an outward way that facilitate God's recovery in this case. So not only was the Spirit of God working within people, but he was also working outwardly as the hand of God, the hand of Jehovah. And so actually the recovery of the Lord was carried out altogether by the Spirit, working both within the people and also outwardly in their environment. That outward working of the Spirit called the good hand of Jehovah is sure an encouragement. I was thinking if I was one of those remnant who was in Babylon and charged to go back to Jerusalem. It would not be an easy task, but it would be a big encouragement to see the king of Persia supporting this scribe and answering his request to go back. That was something outward, Matt, and you're right. What an encouragement. It must have been a a tremendous encouragement to Ezra to see God's Spirit working in the outward environment to make everything go smoothly so that Ezra could make this trip with even, as you said, Matt, the support of the king. This is really a sign of God's hand. Well, with the few minutes we have left, Bob, let's go to the final portion with Witness Lee. It's a very good one. It was God who gave the children of Israel into captivity, handing over all the defeated Israelites into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar and other foreign powers into captivity. Now, it is also the hand of God that brought them back from their captivity to their forefathers' land. This is God. The same one God does two kinds of things. To give you into your enemy as captives or to deliver you out of that hand and bring you back to your father's land. So Ezra was clear about this. He was a wise man. So he put his trust in God. He realized because he saw the first return already. You know, he saw the first return. But he realized the first return was not perfect was not complete because no one around them who was killed in the law to help the people to know God not in a general way but in the way according 
to what God had spoken to them. And Ezra, he was such a person, and he had this kind of capacity. So he volunteered himself to go to see the king. And to do the same thing, sometimes it is God to stir up something in our spirit. But quite often, it should be us. It is God to stir up something in our spirit. But quite often, it should be us to rise up, bring up all the precious things back to God's temple and build up the temple of God. Sometimes God personally stirs up you and me to do something for him. But quite often, he was quiet because he realized it is better that we do something. And he was aware that we do have the capacity, like Ezra. He was so skilled, a priest and a scribe. So he initiated the thing. Bob, have you had this kind of experience that Witness Lee's talking about here? Well, you know, what he said here is really quite enlightening. Ezra was there in Babylon. He had seen the first return under Zerubbabel. And he realized that something had been accomplished by that return. But he also realized something more needed to be accomplished. And that something more was related to the Word of God, bringing people back to God's Word so that they can know God according to what he had spoken through Moses and through the prophets and so forth. This is so important for us, Matt. We need the Word of God The only way we can know God, what God desires, what God wants, what God is, how God works, is through his word. There's no other way. So in order to have a full recovery, we need not only an outward return, as they experienced there in the first part of Ezra, but we need a return to God and his word. Ezra realized there was still such a need, and he also realized that he himself was the right one to meet that need. So he volunteered himself. In a sense, God didn't have to stir him up. He simply offered himself and went to the king, seemingly on his own initiative, and he got the king's favor, and he went back. And we know from the book of Nehemiah that Ezra was very, very important in the recovery of God's people back to God through his word. Have I ever had this kind of experience? Well, maybe I have. (laughs) You know, we realize there's a need, and we have a certain capacity to meet that need, so we offer ourselves. Maybe I have had this. (laughs) I'll answer for you, Bob. I know you have, and I'm glad you answered the way you did. It's a good word to see that on the one hand, sometimes God stirs us up. Other times, God doesn't stir us up, but we have a feeling we need to do this, and the Lord blesses that. Wonderful. Because that feeling comes out of a constitution that came from the Lord and his word. Amen. Well, Bob, thanks for coming in the studio. I think we've run out of time. It's a pleasure, Matt. I look forward to the next time. Me too. I also look forward to the next time with you, and I thank you also for joining us during this program. Uh, These recovery books of the Bible, these life studies are very precious to me. I really enjoy these, and I hope you're enjoying them with us also. And stay with us because there won't be that many 
radio programs that we do on these recovery books, so don't miss them. You will really want to stay through this entire life study. If you'd like to get the printed materials, you can call us at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can send email to radio at lsm.org. Or drop a note in the mail to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. On behalf of Bob Danker, this is Matt Miller. Thank you for listening today, and we look forward to you joining us again tomorrow. The Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the types of Christ conveyed in the Old Testament tabernacle and offerings. The reality of the five main offerings in Leviticus serve as the examples in the first 12 chapters of John, and in chapters 13 through 17, the Gospel of John unveils the New Testament reality of the type of the tabernacle. The fulfillment of the tabernacle and the offerings in the writings of John is now available Get your copy today by calling 1-800-549-5164.